Thank you for listening to our podcast. Make sure and subscribe so you can check in with us every week. We hope this message inspires you and leads you to a vertical life. Morning. Glad you're here today. How many of you took a shot at casting into those red buckets out there? Yeah. So I just got a text from Will. He said one person made it in today. An eight-year-old. Yeah. So Will will be out there again for multiple weeks. So practice during the week. I mean, at home. Don't come here to do that. But, you know, practice. Come back. Try it again next week. I'm excited about new series. I'm I'm always excited about something new that God's going to teach us and new subject and uh, new word from him to us as the church. I'm excited about this series, Real Life. Jesus promised his disciples and he told us. He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It's interesting, he was talking to his disciples and he said they. He was talking to them, but he was referring to they, which really includes us, all who would come after them. There's a they out there still. We have received it. Now they need to receive it. And what do you think the connection is between this truth and they? It's us. We have been given the privilege and the responsibility of going and making disciples. This is a real life that Jesus said he had come to give. Not just life after you die, that yes, but life in this life, abundant life now. Living in him, experiencing him now, in the routine of life. Not just then, but now. In your marriage, in your home, with your kids, with your family, on the job, in your community, with your neighbors, that kind of life now, abundant life. And so when Jesus spoke these words, he was speaking it into a context in a day and time when religion had really kind of sucked the life out of what it meant to know God, really. The Pharisees and others had made what should have been a vibrant, alive, abundant life experience in knowing God through faith. They had made it into a list of rules. They had made it lifeless. They had made it full of condemnation and judgment. They had made it oppressive. And no one thought about God in terms of life. And Jesus says, I have come to restore what was intended from the beginning. I have come to bring good news. I have come to bring the message of abundant life in me. Mm. He had come to give something new that they didn't know of in that day and that time. So that, once again, men and women would be filled with a passion. They'd be filled with a sense of wonder at God. They'd be filled with a sense of desire to pursue him and love for him and to see others with compassion and to be driven with such passion for them that it would change everything about your life. This would be real life. This would be R-E-E-L life, real life. Because Jesus said to his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I just have a, a confession up front. When it comes to fishing, I'm probably below novice. I'm below beginner. So I'm just going to tell you, be honest up front. 
The stuff I'm going to be talking about, using fishing as a frame of reference, it's going to be a learning game for me. So I said, Nick, future son-in-law, do you, uh, you have some fishing stuff you could bring over? Yeah. So he brings all this stuff over. You want me to show you how to use all this? I said, no, not right now. <laughs> Maybe later. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know what this is right here. This doesn't look like the Zebco 202 I had when I was eight years old, right? <laughs> you know, this doesn't look at all like the cane pole I used when I lived in Oak Cliff, yeah. right? Me and my dad would go out to Mountain Creek Lake, stand on the bank and use a cane pole with a, a string that was kite string with a bobber on the end of it and some worms we had dug up in the backyard. Hello? Thank you. Yeah. This doesn't look like that. This doesn't look at all like that. I don't know how this works or what you do with it. Where's the button you push? I, I need something simple like that we were casting with out there this morning. I don't, I don't understand all of this. I certainly don't understand all this. Rubber worms? Where are the earthworms, right? I don't understand all this. I'm afraid I'm going to spill all this. I don't even know how to open it. I mean, there's stuff in here like, what is that? What do you, I know you fishermen are like, that guy's an idiot. So <clears throat> I just admit it up front. I don't, this looks like a frog that, you know, like our grandkids play with at our house. It's a toy, but. This is something you catch fish with, I guess. I, there's, that looks painful. It looks like some potatoes earrings. So I don't know what all this stuff is. There's just there's all kind of stuff in here. There's there's more more fish-looking things and line and a fish with its head cut off. And it's like you're gonna catch a fish with that. It looks like a fish to begin with. So I, I just, honest up front, this is not my thing. Fishing like this is not my thing. So I get it. Whenever you hear a message like you're going to hear today and you hear the call to be compassionate, you hear the call to share your story, you hear the call to engage your neighbor in some conversation, you hear the call to live your faith out beyond just your circle, I get it when you say, I don't know how to do that. That's different. That's weird. I'm with you. This is different and weird to me. I don't understand this. But we're going to learn together in these next two months what it means to be fishers of men. Because this is not natural to me. I don't do well in a boat. I don't want to go in a boat. I don't like I don't even like fishing. It's gross to me. I used to go with my dad. We fished across the street in the pond uh, where we lived on Westmoreland over here, Westmoreland Larry Circle. There's a pond across the street. We'd go over there and fish. I remember the time we caught a, a little catfish and I pulled it in. And you know, it wasn't like the bass where there was like a hook in the mouth right here. That catfish had swallowed that thing, the hook. And it's way down somewhere deep. And my dad says, well, pull it out. So I'm, I'm trying to pull it out, and it's not coming. And, and then the moment that just did it for me, the catfish went, ah. <laughs> I was done right then. <laughs> I ain't doing this anymore. <laughs> if you're going to cry about this, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> oh. 
I know you may think I'm a wimp, but I'm just being honest. That stuff, it's just not my thing. So, but I want to be what Jesus calls me to be. And so when he calls me into some situations that may be awkward where I share my life with someone else and I'm a fisher of men and they cry, I'm going to be there. Amen. 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 We're going to be there. We start our series today with a, a message I'm calling fishing is what you've been missing. Amen. Fishing is what you've been missing. Have you ever uh, had one of those moments where you're being rather contemplative? You kind of stop and you're thinking about life. You're thinking about what's going on. I don't know when that is for you. If it's after all's gotten quiet in the house at night, you've turned the light off and you're in bed. I don't know if it's sometime mid-morning when you stopped and had some coffee. I don't know when it is for you. But in that moment, have you ever had the questions arise like, is this all there is? Is there something I'm missing? There's, there's got to be more than this. I'm convinced that those questions, that moment, comes out of a place within us even if you are already a follower of Jesus Christ, it's a longing and a call inside for what he's really called you to, and that is to give your life away so that someone else can experience God's glory. Fishing is what you've been missing. There's this uh, strange little pit you can get into if you think that faith and knowing God is just only about you and you spiral downward in this pit because you become very introspective all the time. You ask questions about yourself all the time. You're always inspecting your life all the time and it just takes you down, down, down. And the life that Jesus had and came to give to us was never meant to take us down. Instead, it was meant to bubble up within us and overflow. It was meant to be a spring, a well, that wells up inside us and it can't help but overflow. And that's when you're most fulfilled is when you are overflowing for God's glory and for someone else to experience that glory. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So I ask those questions sometimes. And they're a trigger to me that I've gotten too inward. That it's time to get back into the mode of thinking about someone else coming to know the glory of God. When this, when this happens, it transforms everything. And in fact, if you don't get to that place, it does something weird. It does something weird to us because it takes what was meant to even be good and it distorts it. It takes even times of reading scripture, praying, worshiping, being at church. It takes some very God-blessed things and makes them all about us. Just about me in my little circle. And when you make all of those things just about you, then you end up 
overcritical of yourself and you make it all about yourself. And so when something happens that you decide you don't like or it makes you a little uncomfortable, you leave it. Or you begin to evaluate everything based on whether you like it or not. Oh, that's not the setting I like. Those aren't the songs I like. That's not the topic I like. I get uncomfortable in a group. It's not about you. But if you make it all about you, then you'll miss out on what God has for you. Because fishing is what you've been missing. Yeah. Right? Let's look at a passage this morning to take us into some truth. We're in Matthew chapter 4, the first book in the New Testament. So turn there with me in your Bible and follow along the Bible app if you want, whatever you've got, iPad, device, or paper book Bible. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 20 is where we're going to camp out today. We are early in the ministry of Jesus. He's been through a, a time of great temptation. He has come out victorious. John the Baptist has been preaching. John the Baptist has had disciples. John the Baptist has had those that he has prepared for the, for the day Jesus would announce his ministry. In fact, two of the ones who had followed John the Baptist and have come to know Jesus actually early on are two brothers, Peter and Andrew. So in our passage today, we're going to meet them. And you may think, from the way it reads, that it's actually the first time that Jesus meets them, but it's not. If you read in John chapter one, you'll find out that they had known Jesus prior to this event. So look here, they were followers of Jesus, but Jesus is about to call them to a new level in the story today. He's about to take them to a new place, and that's what Jesus does, and we've talked about that plenty here at Vertical. The place where you are is not the place where God wants you to be. He's got something new for you. He's got something new he wants to teach you. Amen? He's got a new place he wants to take you, and he's about to do that for these two brothers. He's about to take them to someplace new in your life. So when, you gather, when we gather here today, we've gathered to say, God, what do you have for me? I'm willing to do, say, go Wherever you want me to go, do whatever you want me to do, say whatever you want me to say. Amen? Yeah. So here's our passage, verse 18. It says, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Hmm. So Jesus is walking along sees these two brothers. It's not the first time he comes across them. He knew them. They knew him. But on this occasion, he sees them and they're casting a net into the sea, a different kind of fishing than we are used to. We'll get into that more in a series as we move ahead. But here, it says something that's critical in this, 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 this verse. At the end, look at it. For they were fishermen. If you had gone into town and said, hey, uh, do you know Peter and Andrew? Oh yeah, you mean the fishermen? Yeah, that's them. Hey, have you, have you ever met Peter and Andrew, all those guys that fish, the fishermen? Yes. If you had walked up to them and said, Peter, Andrew, so tell me about your life, they would have said, we are fishermen. It's what they were known as, it's what they knew themselves as. 
And whatever you know yourself as is what you will use to determine what your life is about. If you call yourself and know yourself as a fisherman, then everything else will take second place to fishing, right? And these guys, they fish for a living. It's what they did. It was their job, their career. It wasn't just a hobby. It's a little different than us. We use fishing as a weekend hobby. These guys were using fishing to pay for the bills, to make a living. They were fishermen. It's what they did. They made their money. They made their living. They made their life by it. And everything else came second to being fishermen. Whatever you call yourself, whatever you identify yourself as primarily, is what will take precedence in your life. If you know yourself to be the title of your career, then everything else will take second place to that. It will. If you say you're a fisherman and someone says, hey, you want to come with me to a concert this weekend? Sorry, I'm a fisherman. I got a fish. Hey, you want to come over um, Wednesday night? Sorry, I'm, I'm fishing. I'm going to be out late fishing. I got a lot of fishing to do. This is what fishermen do. They fish. Well, you know... There's a lot of fish out there in the sea. I got to catch them. I got to make a living, you know. I don't have time for anything else because I'm a fisherman. It's what I do. I don't know what your title is. I don't know what you see yourself as. I don't know what your career position is. I don't know what your life experiences have brought you to. But whatever title you give yourself will determine the priorities in your life. If you call yourself by the title of your career first, then that will take precedent over everything else. If you call yourself your past failures, that will take precedence over anything else. If you call yourself by your greatest weakness, that will take precedence over everything else. If you say, well, I'm, I'm just a failure. I have failed at marriage then you might conclude you could never be whole again. I'm just, I'm horrible at relationships. If you give yourself that title, then you will will struggle to walk forward in a relationship because you've given yourself that name and that becomes your priority. When Jesus meets these two men, they are fishermen. It's what they are, it's what they do. And Jesus comes to them in their fisherman status. Just fishermen. They never thought of themselves as uh, people of significance. They never thought of themselves as socialites. They never thought of themselves as corporate men. They were just fishermen. So whatever you call yourself is what you're going to be. You'll never rise to another level. You'll never get beyond that. You'll just be that. And these guys were fishermen. That was the extent of what they saw themselves as. And Jesus meets them in their fisherman Status. Stay with me. Verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Boys, I'm going to do something different in your life. I'm going to change who you are. I'm going to change what you do. I'm going to revolutionize your life. 
you're still going to fish. But I'm going to do something that changes how you see yourself. That changes what you know you're called to do. And when my work is complete in you, you won't just say, Peter the fisherman. You will actually say, Peter the fisher of men. You will be changed completely. And Jesus does this with a promise. So I want us to break this verse down here. Let's just, let's just unpack it a little bit at a time. All right? Let's just pretend like we just got one of those big Valentine, you know, candy boxes. And you open it up and you're like, whoa, where's that caramel nougat one? Where is that? Where's that coconut nougat one? I want that one, right? We're going to unpack this verse. The very first thing it says here that Jesus said to them, follow me. Follow me. You see, Jesus makes a promise of something he's going to do. I'm going to make you fishers of men. But Jesus first gives a prerequisite. A prerequisite. A condition. If you want the end goal, I got something you got to do first. When I first enrolled in college, there were some courses I wanted to take. But those courses, the ones I wanted to take, had some prerequisites to them. There were some you had to take first before you could get to that class, a prerequisite. Jesus makes a prerequisite here. He says, I'm going to do this promise. I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to become something you're not today. But first, first, you're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to do what I do, go where I go, Say what I say, learn of my ways, follow. Now, when our kids were young, we would play follow the leader. That was a fun game when you're a child, yeah? They'd follow me around the house and they'd want to take turns being the leader and we'd do fun things in the backyard like that. So for just a moment here, I want us to play some follow the leader, all right? So Eli, you'll come help me. Um, I've already asked Eli, he was willing to do this. I didn't just cold call him here, but I didn't tell him all that I was going to do. So Eli, if you'll just come on up on the stage here, and I want you to follow me for just a little while. Yeah, don't get too close. But <laughs> behind me, preferably, there you go, yeah. I want you to take it in the limelight. No, no, I'm teasing. No, I'm teasing. I just want you to follow me and, and go where I go and do what I do. You're not doing what I'm doing. There you go, there you go. Now. You have to do what I do. Yeah, yeah. Now we're getting, don't mumble like I have nothing good to say, no. So just follow me for a while because that's what you do. You, you, if, you, if you're gonna follow Jesus, then you have to do what he does and go where he goes. He's doing good, isn't he? You gotta follow me because you never know where I'm gonna go. I didn't tell Eli up, I'm not a bird, don't fly. Do what I do, not what you wanna do. Come on now. Jesus says, if you're going to follow, or if you want me to make you into a fisher of men, you have to follow me. You have to do what I do. Is he doing good? Good. You got to go where I go, and you got to do what I do. Because you don't always know ahead of time. I didn't give you a map up front, but he just knows he has to follow me. Because I might go some places he's not prepared for. 
I might go into some places that he doesn't even know. And if I told him ahead of time, he might not want to go there because that's just how it is. When you're following Jesus, sometimes he takes you into places you wouldn't have intended to go on your own. Hello? Are you watching me or him, right? <laughs> sometimes Jesus takes you into places you, you hadn't intended and you got to go there. You don't know what's going to happen there. You don't know what's going to happen next, but you got to go there because you never know where he's going to take you and where he takes you is important because you have to fall. I'm not chugging like a choo-choo train. <laughs> Come on, Eli. Follow me. Don't chug a chug like a choo-choo train. Sometimes you have to, you got to go places and do things that may be even a little awkward. That may be what you would not have done, but you got to go with it whenever it happens. Whatever, whatever Jesus says, you have to follow him and do what he's, oh, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. Oh, hey, how's it going? Did you say hi to Luke? Okay. I, I didn't shake his hand. Come on, Eli. You got to do what I do. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Yes, now. Way to go, Eli. You're doing good. This is what it looks like when you follow Jesus. If you want to, you're trying to trip me. If you, <laughs> this is what Jesus was saying. Give Eli a hand. Good job, Eli. You're done. You see, when you follow closely, you begin to pick up on the pattern. You begin to pick up on the words. You begin to pick up on the motions. And Eli would have eventually gotten better at doing what I do, right? Going where I go. He might have eventually even got to the place where he could kind of even think he knew where I was going next. But if he did, I would intentionally go somewhere else so he couldn't know. <laughs> but this is what it is like in following him. He'll take you into some places you would not have planned. He'll go in some directions you might not have thought. And your responsibility is to follow him. If he says, go and be reconciled to your brother, then you go and be reconciled to your brother because that's what he calls you to do. If he says, go and give what you have for this one who's in need. You go and give to the one who's in need because that's exactly what he did. He went, he came, and gave for us who were in need. Amen? So you, you go in the process. If he says go and speak life to this person who's in a place where they're discouraged today and down, then you go and speak life to them because that's what he did and that's who he is. He came and he spoke life to us when we were dead. Amen? It's what we do. We forgive if he calls us to forgive. We don't say, I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to go that path. I don't want to follow you there. No, you follow, you go there. If he has something new he wants to teach you about himself, if he has something fresh he wants to unpack in you that's from the Spirit himself, then you say, yes, Lord, because that's what he did, and that's what he's teaching you. Your willingness has to be in following. Jesus said, follow me, and then I will make you fishers of men. But it all begins with a willingness to follow. And then 
a change begins to happen. The change happens in us because all of a sudden, going where he went, saying what he said, all begins to click. And it begins to be not just his routine, but our routine. Not just his ways, but our ways because we followed him. Jesus then made the promise. He said, I will make you fishers of men. Let's focus in on these words. I will make you. I will, I will make something new in you. I will bring something alive in you. I will change you. I will transform you. While you're following me, I will be changing you. I will give you new motivations. You say, well, I can't see how I could be all that loving now. That's right. Keyword now. Follow him and he will produce love in you. So well, I don't see how I could, I could ever talk to someone about what God has done in my life. I just, I just get too emotional. I just get, I just get too caught up. I can't even do that right now. I understand. I don't like to fish either. But God will begin to do something new in you when you say, yes, Lord. Amen. He'll produce new desire in you. He'll give you the ability you can't even imagine that you have today. And the promise is not based in you. It's in him. He says, I will make you. I will do that in you if you'll follow me. I'll do something brand new in you. I'll change your routine. I'll change your priorities. I'll change where you go. I'll change how you talk. I'll change your habits. I'll change the way you think. I'll change how you feel about being with others. I'll transform you. I'll give you boldness. I'll give you confidence. I'll give you truth. I'll give you peace. I'll give you love. I will completely transform you. I will make you into something that you're not now. He makes a promise. I will make you. But then he tells them what he's going to make them. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Guys who were fishermen by their own identity and definition, would become fishers of men. They would all of a sudden have an, a new set of priorities in their life, a new set of what was important to them. They would become men of influence where, the, where they thought they could never be. They would become world changers when they didn't think they could ever be. They will be the ones who will speak truth and set captives free. They will be the ones who will show others the very heart of God. They will be the ones who will cause the blind to be able to see. They will be the ones who will impart vision and give a vision for reaching the world. They are the ones who will advance the kingdom of God. And they were just fishermen. But they're about to become something they had never been before. They were going to become fishers of men. And when it happens, it will totally transform their life. They won't think in terms of anymore, I'm just a fisherman. They will think in terms of, I'm a fisher of men, and that will be priority one. Now, everything else will become secondary to that. Work, marriage, children, 
life, circumstances, will all rotate around seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen? And bringing others into the kingdom is going to revolutionize their lives. This is what Jesus promised he'd do in them, and it's what he promises he will do in us. Now, let's just bring it forward a little bit. Let's talk about us. And let's be careful in talking about us that we don't get too downward spiral focused. God has a purpose for your life. He saved you not just to give you this powerful, life-changing experience of knowing him all for yourself. You have been called, gifted, and given the experiences you have been given so that now through them you might be a world changer. So that you might be ones who, who take his story, run through the filter of your life, and it become a way that you show others, look what Jesus did for me. And he can do that for you. Now this will revolutionize your life. It'll change how you think about your house. It'll change how you think about your possessions. It'll change how you think about your routine. It'll change how you think about where you go, what you say, what you do, because when it, when it gets you, when you get transformed by it, when all of a sudden it clicks, you'll begin to put life into priority as God designed it. The kingdom will be first. Bringing others to the kingdom will become an important passion of yours. I want that to happen for us individually, but I want it to happen for us as a church as well. So as we walk through this series, we're going to be learning more about fishing. I'm going to get with Nick and see if I can figure out what all this stuff is. But we're going to get with God and see if he can show us. We don't have to see if he's going to show us. We're going to have to see if we can learn what he has to say to us about being fishers of men. So here's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to pass out a card to everybody that's here. And here's what the card's going to look like. It's going to say, dream catches on it. I understand that fishermen kind of have in their minds these dream catches. You know, man, I can't wait to fish because, man, I'd really love to catch this fish. You know, I can't relate to that. But fishermen, I hear say that. They dream of catching the big one at this lake and this one at this lake. So next week, I'm going to give you a card, your dream catches. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to pray and ask God, God, who are five people that I'm going to pray for that will come to visit here, that will come to hear the good news of Christ here? I know there's probably people in your life that live far away and you're praying for them. That's awesome. I know there are people in your work that live far away and you're praying for them. That's great. But I want to draw, I want to draw the circle a little closer. I want us to all be thinking in terms of who are five people that are either without a church home, they're without Christ, or they're in a spot right now where they really need a fresh word from God. They need some good news. We're going to give you these cards. 
ask you to pray. We're all going to pray. We're going to keep our list. It's for you. It's not to turn in. It's for you to keep. It's for you to pray through, to pray for, and to use it as a motivation. Say, God, I've never really thought of myself as someone who could reach others for your sake. I always thought that was someone else's job, the pastors, the people at the church, but you call us all to this. So you'll get this card, you'll fill it out, you'll keep it, and we'll pray. And we're gonna pray toward a specific day here at Vertical. As we get to the end of our series, the last Sunday will be June 30th. We're calling that Big Catch Sunday. And here's what's gonna happen on Big Catch Sunday. We're gonna invite our friends, they're gonna come, and we're gonna do two things that day. One is this, we're gonna have a special service of worship and message, and we're going to ask, I'm gonna ask and answer this question. The question will be this, what are the biggest catches that you could ever make in life? Let's go ahead and throw it up on the screen. The Big Catch Sunday, a special service. On that day, you can know, you can invite a friend who hasn't been to church, needs to come to church, needs to hear some good news, and they'll come here, and that's what they'll hear. We'll answer that question. But we're also going to do something else for you fisher folks. A biggest fish prize. Here it is. During these next two months, up till June 30th, go fishing. All right? When you catch a big one, take a picture of it. Text it to that number right there. That's the church's cell phone. Text it to that number. In the picture, so that we know it isn't something you pulled up from 2002, (laughs) make the vertical V in the picture. You, the fish, and the vertical V. The biggest fish catch at the end of the series $100 gift card for Academy. All right? It's Big Catch Sunday. So you got to text it in. Don't come in that day and say, I caught one. It was about that big. (laughs) Where's the proof? And I got to see it. All right? So text it in. You'll get the card. What you do with it is your, your choice at that point. It's Big Catch Sunday, though. All right? So I'm excited for the series. Will's going to be out front each Sunday morning giving you a chance to cast into those buckets again. And we're all going to focus on this idea of what it means to be fishers of men. To develop a compassion for the people in our life who need to be rescued. Who are at a place where they can't make life work. Where they're struggling. The marriage is crumbling. The family situation isn't working. Life is out of control. They're more consumed with their fears and anxieties and guilt than anything else, and they need to be set free. We have that news, folks. We alone on the planet have the answer to life's questions. Amen? Amen. We alone, you and I, have been entrusted with that. You and I are given the responsibility in it. You and I are called to be fishers of men. We are called to do this. This is what we are all about. I love the last part of the passage we're looking at today. Verse 20. 
It says they immediately left their nets and followed him. If you read the rest of the story, you find that it wasn't their last time to go fishing. It's not that they said, well, I'll never fish again, that nasty stuff. No, they fished. But what happened on this day is they put life into order. They put life into the realm that it was supposed to have been in to begin with. They put Jesus first in it. They put themselves last in it. And they made their ministry and their life about helping other people experience the glory of God. You're not going to find fulfillment in anything else until you do that. You can go on a number of vacations. You can go on any trip. You can go on the greatest adventure that you've always longed for. But I promise you at the end of it, you're going to come back home and say, is this all there is? But the day it all connects for you, the day you say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. And you'll view every element of your life behind the one focus of being a fisher of men. Then, and only then, will you say, this is where real life is. This is what it's all about. So that brings us to a place of... uh, challenge today I don't know what all the stuff in your life is I don't know what all your priorities and responsibilities are but I know it's easy for them to all want to drive the car for them to want to hop in the front seat and drive the thing and let them tell you who you are but it's time for us as followers of Jesus to say This is who I am first. This is who drives Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus first and foremost. Nothing else takes precedent over that. And I will bring everything into the submission of that. My marriage is about me following Jesus. Parenting my children is about following Jesus. My career is about following Jesus first. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken that step. Maybe today you've recognized you've played the game, walked in the place where life is, but you've never walked in life. Maybe today you need to be the one who says, Jesus, I bring my life and surrender it to you. Save me from my sin. If he's speaking to you today and you've never taken that step, pray that prayer today. The promise is that when you do, you will be given new life in him. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll be restored. You'll be made whole. It might be that you've taken the step, but you've never taken the public step that follows of baptism. The step that really is the seal the deal moment. The step that really puts it into reality because you you put it before others and say, I've said it in my heart, now I'm going to say it with my life. We're going to be baptizing here on June 2nd. If you've not taken that step and you say it's time, please come see me 
after this service, we have a list of already of folks who are going to be baptized on that day. Okay? The third thing I'd say, maybe you're already a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've already been baptized. But today, today, you're hearing him speak to you about a new level in your life. He's calling you to something you hadn't been at before. You've been trying to do this thing all about you. And it's brought you to the place of that lonely spiral where it's just you, 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 and you're done. It's a pit. And he's promised a well. It's time to surrender you and follow him. Jesus, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Walk this way, I'll go. Walk that way, I'll go. Forgive my brother, I'll go. Forgive my husband, I'll go. Forgive my wife, I'll go. Love my neighbor, I'll go. Speak to that family member who needs some hope, I'll do it. Rearrange my life around your promises, I'll do it. I'll stop making it all about me and I'll make it all about you. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, I thank you that you're doing something new in us. I thank you that just as you called the disciples and called them to follow you, that you would do something new. God, I pray now that you would do something new in us personally, but new in us even as a church so that we would know this is not about us. This is about you and about those who are in desperate need of life today. What a day in which we live to see a world unhinged, to see people desperate for an answer, to see people confused. And we sit as the place on the planet with the answer, with the love, with the compassion, with the passion, with the Lord, with the Spirit who can make a difference and change our world. God, forgive us for making it all about us. Forgive us for walking in our fear. Forgive us for walking in our guilt. Forgive us for listening more to what the enemy has to say about us than what you have said to us. Forgive us for not walking in obedience to you. Forgive us for refusing to walk where you've said to walk and do something new and fresh in us today so that we'll be ones who walk in step with you, walk in line with you, Walk in your spirit and do what you've called us to do. If you've called us to teach, we'll teach. If you've called us to serve, we'll serve. If you've called us to go, we'll go. If you've called us to speak a word of encouragement, may we speak that word of encouragement. May we do what you've called us to do. For this is where life is. This is where real life is. Father, this morning, our hearts, our life, is surrendered to you. We pray in the name of the one who alone has life, our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning as we sing in gratefulness but in surrender for what he has called us to. What an incredible sermon and time of worship. God has called us to put him in the center of our priorities. Let's go out today and be fishers for the heart of men. We'll see you next week.
live at 1030.